morning, I want to talk to you and entitle my message, Spiritual Amnesia. I want to talk to you about forgetfulness. You know, as I grow older, I'm becoming more and more forgetful. You might say at 56, why are you so forgetful? I don't know, but I am becoming more and more forgetful. And so before I leave the house, I've got this routine that goes on. I would check my pockets, check for a wallet, for keys, for phone, and for glasses. Wallet, keys, phone, glasses. So that's my routine before I leave the house. Why? So that I don't forget any of these things. But forgetting these things don't really have any dire consequences. If I forget my wallet, I come back and get it. So in that way, it's not really amnesia. But a few years ago, uh, as a family, we had a, a little scare. My brother-in-law had contracted a virus that attacked his brain. And uh, for nearly six months, he uh, the, the, the virus had actually um, damaged some parts of the brain. And so he developed temporary amnesia. And um, he forgot a lot of things. In fact, he forgot things we take for granted uh, forgot how to uh, string full sentences. Uh, he, he didn't have the ability to even do some of the simple tasks. Um, and so it took about six months for him to really fully recover. Praise God, he has fully recovered now. But it was a time of uh, real stress for us. But I want to talk to you about something that's probably even more dangerous because it's, it affects our soul. And that's the danger of forgetting God. And if you look at the Bible, the Bible talks about this danger. In fact, Moses warns us about this danger of forgetting God. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 first as we begin this reflection this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 7 to 8. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us? whenever we call on him. And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today. Basically, Moses is encouraging the people and saying, look how good we've got it. We've got a God who is so good to us that he is near to us whenever we call on him. Look at our laws. Look how righteous and fair our laws are that God has given to us. Then he goes on to say, but watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. Be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Watch out, he says. Be careful. Don't take this for granted. God is good. He's so good. We've got it good. But never forget these experiences that we have with God. In fact, he says, pass it on. Not only remember it, pass it on. Talk to each other about it. Tell your children. Tell your children's children how good this experience of living our lives with God is. So I want to talk to you about this very danger. This danger, which Moses warned us about, a spiritual con condition that we as God's people can have. We can develop this condition where we forget God. Oh, how easily 
it is to forget God. How easily we forget the things God has done for us. How easily it is to forget the prayers that he has answered. How easy it is to forget the miracles that happen in our lives. How easy it is to forget his provision, his protection, his presence in our lives. We forget too easily. And I call it spiritual amnesia. I want to take you to a scripture in Mark chapter 8 to show you the danger of spiritual amnesia. Mark chapter 8, and let's pick it up from verse 14. Mark chapter 8, verse 14 onwards. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out! Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Let's pause for a while. Jesus was giving them a very important instruction. In fact, that instruction came with a warning. He said, be aware, be cautious, be careful of the influence of the Pharisees and of Herod. Basically, he was giving them the two influences that will happen that would shipwreck your faith if you're not careful. The Pharisees, a symbol and that signifies religion, and Herod signified politics. Isn't that amazing that these are the very two things that we in the church are divided with? Even today, look at what's going on. How Families are being divided. Churches are being divided because of religion and politics. But that's what I want to talk to you about today. Here was Jesus trying to give them instructions and warning that were going to affect their faith in him. But all they were thinking of was their lack. We didn't have enough bread. So when Jesus mentioned the word yeast, immediately in their minds, they thought Jesus was talking about the bread. You see, this is a very important spiritual truth. When you are preoccupied with something, that preoccupation will filter your ability to hear God. If you start with lack, and that's what they did. They started with lack. As they got onto the boat, they realized, oh, we forgot to bring bread. And so throughout that time they were traveling, in their minds and in their conversation was this lack. They began the journey with lack. We lack bread. One loaf, that's not going to be enough. Man, Peter, you eat a lot. One loaf, you'll eat half of it. You know. And so they were talking and, and, and they were conversing and they were thinking and their thoughts and their conversations were full of the lack that they had. And because they started and began their journey with lack, when Jesus spoke to them, that dwelling and thinking of the lack filtered what Jesus was trying to say to them. And they said, oh, he must be talking about the lack of bread. Now, Jesus knew what they were saying. In verse 17, Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? 
Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. When I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. Don't you understand? Is your heart so hardened that you cannot comprehend when God teaches you something? You have eyes, you have ears. Don't you remember? What was he talking about? He's, he brought to remembrance two massive miracles that these disciples had experienced. 5,000, more than 5,000 people were present one day and Jesus with just a few loaves and a few fish, he fed them all. Then again, 4,000, more than 4,000 people, again with a few items, he feeds them all. Definitely miraculous. Their eyes saw it, their ears heard it, their mouth fed on it until the point that they had seven baskets, one time 12 baskets remaining, one time seven baskets remaining. And so Jesus was asking them, what have you done with that experience? Now that you know what God can do for you in terms of provision and in, in terms of providing for your daily needs, what have you done with that miracle? You see, dear friends, every miracle, every answered prayer must work its way into your understanding, into your heart and etched into your very memory. When God does something, it must change your worldview. When God does something, it must change your worldview. It must alter your perspective. Every experience you have with God must alter your perspective. Every time God speaks to you and something happens, every time a miracle occurs, every time a prayer is answered, that's an encounter with God. And it must change the way you approach life and the way you do faith. The disciples had encountered two massive miracles regarding food. And so Jesus was saying to them, now you have no excuse to doubt God to provide for you. If God can feed thousands, this should be your de default setting, disciples. If God can feed thousands, surely he can feed me every day. Food should not be a problem for me anymore. I can trust God. He has proven himself to me. See, that's how the psalmist was able to say the words he said in Psalm 23. One of our favorite psalms, all of us, many of us would be able to recite it by heart. But have you thought for a moment how the psalmist was able to come to the conclusion? He said, Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yahweh, God is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. He had life experiences that altered the perspective in his life. That he was convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that because God was shepherding him, because God was guiding him, he was convinced that he will lack nothing in his journey in life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil 
because God is with me. He must have walked through a valley one day. He must have had a valley experience one day. He must have gone through some terrible times one, one time in his life. And then through that, he experienced God. God, you were with me. You walked with me. You journeyed with me. Even though I thought that this valley will surely bring death unto me. But he didn't, Lord. You came through for me. You were with me throughout. Now I can say, I will fear no evil. Every time I walk through a valley, I can say with great confidence, I will fear no evil. For God is with me. He had sufficient experiences to say that. Dear friends, one miracle should be sufficient for us to believe that with God on our side, we will surely lack nothing. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's an amazing statement to say. I, he must have experienced the, the coming against him by others. Enemies coming against him. But then he said he, he, he saw God just as if he was sitting down there and feasting. God came to his rescue. That either his enemies joined him at the feast or he continued to feast as if nothing was going on. And God overturned his enemies. He looks back and he sees Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. My past, Lord, I look back in my past and all I see is mercy and goodness chasing after me. I look at my future and I say I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All I see is a nicely nestled place in your home, in your presence. The confidence that the psalmist had to be able to say those words. So let me ask you, friends, what will it take to convince you that God is good all the time? How many miracles will it take for you to say the same statements that the psalmist said? We forget, we forget so easily. Do you not understand? Do you not know? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? So let me ask you this question. What have you done with the last encounter you had with God? What about that incredible answer to prayer? What about that breakthrough that came and you thought everything was lost? What have you done with that? Has it been etched in your memory that you can never forget? Or have you forget, forgotten that it has ever happened? And that's what I call spiritual amnesia. The people of God in the Old Testament suffered from spiritual amnesia. I take you to Psalm 106. Psalm 106, and let's pick it up from verse 7. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. He goes on to explain as if to remind the, the new generation what had happened. The ten plagues and how God had brought ten plagues to Egypt. But not a single person 
in Israel suffered or was harmed by the plagues. He goes on to talk about how God set them free by doing this amazing miracle of parting the Red Sea that they were able to cross. But when the enemies begin to cross, the waters overwhelm them. Yet, how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In verse 21, they forgot God, their savior, who had done such great things in Egypt. Again, verse 24, the people refused to enter the pleasant land for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. He's looking at the time in the wilderness and he's really grieving and he's mourning and he's singing this um, song to the people and saying, we forgot, we forgot. When the pillar of fire came at night, the cloud came, the glory of God by day, water from the rock, manna every day, wind that brought quails, enemies being defeated, but we soon forgot. This is the problem we have. We develop amnesia, spiritual amnesia, and we forget. Isaiah says this, because you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold. I want you to remember that word mindful. We'll come back to it. Because you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold, therefore you will plant pleasant plants and set out for foreign seedlings. In the day you will make your plant grow. In the morning you will make your seed to flourish. But the harvest will be a heap of ruins in the day of grief and desperate sorrow. See, when you forget God and your focus then becomes on what you lack and because you are thinking of what you are lacking and you're focusing on what you're lacking every day from morning till night, all you're doing is being filled with what you lack. And so this panic driven lifestyle that's trying to make sure your tomorrow is secure and so what you do every day you plant every day you water every day you cause growth hoping that you will harvest security but Isaiah says if you forget God in the end you will find that your harvest is just grief and sorrow my dear brothers and sisters the Bible is warning us Spiritual amnesia, forgetting God, is fatal to your soul. Spiritual amnesia, forgetting God in your life, is fatal to your soul. So let me end with two remedies on how we can treat spiritual amnesia. The first one is thanksgiving. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Prayers and supplication must be accompanied with thanksgiving. Remember this, 
Thankless prayers are prayers from, from an ungrateful heart. Thankless prayers usually sound very demanding. I think sometimes we forget prayer is really a privilege. God has given us such a gift in the form of prayer to have this open dialogue and communication with God. Prayer is a privilege. It's not an entitlement. And when we come to God, the Apostle Paul is saying, when you come in prayer, come with a thankful heart. Because thanksgiving ensures we never forget what God has done for us. And when we bring prayers with thanksgiving in our hearts, it is these prayers that say, God, you did it before. We are so thankful what you have done before. But Lord, today I'm in need again. But I'm so certain you will come through for me. And I thank you in advance for what you are doing. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and never forget all his benefits. First thing that will help eliminate spiritual amnesia is thanksgiving. A heart full of thanksgiving. The second thing is in verse 8 of Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The second thing I want to say, in order for us not to develop spiritual amnesia, we need to be mindful of what we are thinking about. Mindful of what your thoughts are dwelling on. What do you fix your thoughts on? Because your thoughts will become conversations. Your conversations will become actions and your actions will become your destiny. Be mindful of what you fix your thoughts on every day. If you begin with the lack, you will your everything you see will be filtered by this lack. And if you are filtered by this lack, your actions will be motivated by lack and fear. Be mindful of what your thoughts are. Are they true? Are they noble? Are they just? Are they good? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Is it praiseworthy? Think about these things, Paul says. Dwell on this kind of thinking. Be mindful of what your mind is dwelling on. And so, my friends, my, my reflection this morning to all of us is to be very, very conscious that we have this potential of developing spiritual amnesia. It is so easy to forget God. And so I'm saying the remedy for spiritual amnesia, the remedy to prevent us from forgetting God and his goodness in our lives is to be thankful and be mindful of your thoughts. You never want to forget God. You never want to forget his goodness. So let's begin to develop this practice of thanking him often throughout the day. And let's check, check in frequently on your thoughts throughout the day ensuring my friends that you're meditating on the good and the goodness of the God whom you love. Be thankful to God. Be mindful of God. 
Thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. For more resources, or if you would like to support this ministry, visit us at activefaith.org.nz.